Hello everyone and welcome to the 54th episode of Career Podcast. Today I'm joined with Adrian Prato. He's a consultant artist from Madrid, Spain. Now, with that out of the way, could you give us a little introduction on how you got into visual arts and design? Yeah, I'm... In fact, uh, I uh, I start as everyone says, when I was a little kid. And the thing is that I never stop, you know, to draw. Or, or paint uh, but for uh, for a professional perspective I start uh, around the 20 years old around uh, I I'm start studying arts in the school uh, I quit fine arts because I I don't like uh, the approach of arts in in high school and and yeah i am start to do little works uh, for small companies local companies local business and things like that and and yeah it was it was around 18 and 21 years old when these three four years when i when i start working in this industry and and taking this really serious and practice every day and things like that all right and um were you originally studying art and design or you were pursuing another career path well i'm I thought that that I will need to to study art to pursue this this kind of of career and and I'm referring all the time to official studies okay um but as I said I I didn't like uh the perspective of of the art in in high school and and all of my studies was uh, with uh, with uh, courses, tutorials, uh, a lot of self doubt. I I don't like this term because I, I think that it's not fair to say that I'm self doubt. No, I, I I'm I'm study a lot of masters uh, of of painter, illustration, and things like that. But. Uh, yeah, I, I lose a little bit of track of the question. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, mm. You can continue. No, uh, as I said, uh, mm. I, I I don't like the official studies, the, mm. the official way to to study arts in at least at least in Spain and the school that that I was. Uh, so I try to do it. Uh, in an alternative way, and I have the the lucky to have a father artist. My father is a comic artist, and and a lot of family friends that are from the art world too. So, so I have the possibility to study in alternative ways. You know, so for me, it's really important uh, the training in in an art field is really important at the same time i think that it's not so important uh, an official degree in 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 this field uh, of concept art 
paint, sculpture, whatever. Training is really important. Official training is not so important because I never see a company hire anyone for his degree. All the companies hire anyone for his portfolio. Thank you so much for bringing that up because that's such an important point. Um, the beauty mm -hmm. of like the creative fields is that um, traditional education is not a requirement at all. And basically it boils down to what you can do and that's basically represented by your portfolio so um yeah if like the beauty i say it's beautiful because um imagine if someone has no family has you know grew up all by himself has to scrape by just making a small bit of money just you know just to live by they they have the opportunity to get to those professional yeah. levels like it's not like yeah yes sir uh, Sorry, sorry for for cut you. Uh, uh, the the only thing that that I want to to bring uh, with with the thing that you have uh, said is, I completely agree. I completely agree. But but the 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 only thing is, uh, the official studies, I think that are completely overrated in our in our field. I think that uh, the education, the art education, lacks a lot in almost any country. Uh, for me, it's incredible that today in, 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 in our society, the university, the art universities still not recognize, for example, concept art as, as a form of art or, or even comic. Like, no, comic is things for kids. And it's like, what are you talking about? Some of the best... Uh, designers and drawers of our generation are comic artists. So, what? But at the same time, uh, you need a lot of practice. You need a lot of training. You need a lot of uh, humility to understand your your level, your your mistakes, uh, your your strong points and and work to make them stronger or or whatever so the thing is that i can't understand that some people don't have the opportunity to to training to train all the time required to be competitive in this in this industry so i think that everyone needs a little bit of support and luck to pursue uh, an artistic career. And sometimes it's difficult because I, I found, I, I have a couple of stories in my back of, of uh, students that I taught uh, that they have the talent, they have uh, the work ethic but at the same time they don't have uh, the setting in her life uh, to to develop these skills you know because their fathers are really sick and they must to care uh, to care her father or her mother work like 10 hours in a bad work for uh, for bring money uh, to home. So, yeah, I can't understand that there is 
um, there are situations that are not uh, really okay no to to develop an artistic career but yeah uh, if you work enough and you uh, care enough you have the possibility almost every time yeah yeah exactly and it doesn't matter which part of the world like i mean okay i'm not gonna sugarcoat it of course it matters exactly like which part of the world you're born um like if you're born yeah. in a, like unprivileged like less privileged parts of the world of course it's gonna be more challenging but i mean let's not get philosophical <laughs> just get to the next question um yeah. all right only only for that the the only thing is that even the Uh, it's true that even if you are for uh, from a very um, I, I don't know the exact word in English, but let's say less privileged part of the world, um, if you can achieve a small internet connection, you have already the possibility to show the world your work. And there is today... Um, African artists or uh, people from India, but from poor uh, poor parts of the country and things like that, that right now are uh, well people with an artistic career because they they at least have the opportunity to show the world uh, his work, no, and and the world said, wow, this is really good. Not not only the the white people can draw, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And um, right, next question. Uh, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. I mean, of course, in the introduction, I already mentioned that uh, you're a concept artist, but uh, I want you to explain in a bit in more depth. Yeah, I'm, I'm more focused in RPGs and board games. It was my... Uh, my main uh, yeah my main focus in this industry in the, in the last five six years I work in the past in cinema and a little bit in video games and the experience of working video games and cinema was not so good and that's because I have really problems with authority <laughs> and and this uh, These business fields are plagued uh, with bosses with uh, gigantic ego. Uh, the times in these industries, the, the deadlines and things like that are completely absurd. And most of the time, uh, you are working for people that doesn't care about the thing that you are doing. Right now, in this moment of, of, of our society, um, the bosses in the movies, uh, music, or even video games industries are people that doesn't care about movies, music, or video games. They only care about the numbers, no? So you can have really good artistic directors or really good project managers or... You know this kind of uh, middle uh, middle boss 
um, person that really cares about your work and and all of this stuff. But the high, uh, the the upper echelon of the industry are people that I don't like, and board games and and RPGs are small enough, are big enough to pay well, but small enough to have all of the all of the levels covered by people that care about. Uh, the product and the industry and and the artistic value that you are doing. So, so yeah, I'm I'm I work f- basically eighty percent of of the time for for RPGs or or board games and a little bit for private commissions and and doing my own stuff and things like that. Awesome and. Um... How does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project? Well, the most of the time is I try to understand the project. I, I try to uh, talking with the client or with the team um, about the ideas or it's it's a little bit different if the if I'm in the project since the beginning, or I or I start to work in the project when when this uh, started already, you know. So if if I'm in the first step of the of the project, I always try to talk with the client and and try to understand I don't know the the, the story, the universe, or whatever. Uh, if the project was already started, it's easier because you have. Uh, already material of reference, no? And then uh, I'm... My specialization are, are characters and creatures. It's 99 of of, of my... Uh, percent of my work are, are, are characters and the weapons, armor, and things like that, or creatures. And I always try to study the briefing, understanding... Understanding... The character of the the character, the, the his motivations or whatever. If it's a creature, what is the ambience where this creature live? If it's a predator or not, you know, it, trying to understand what I'm doing, what I'm designing, and then the process is very simple. I start sketching. I've show a lot of sketches to the client uh, trying to find uh, the direction and and then is a process of rendering but the first step that is the most interesting for me it's as I said trying to understand uh, what is uh, well that what is what what I'm drawing what I am uh, designing it's it's a robot if it's a robot, what is his main function? Function, you know, it's a, for example, it's a battle mecha. Okay, but it's a battle a battle mecha that uh, it's used in the desert, in the space. Uh, it's for a close combat, a urban close combat, and. For example, if it's okay, it's a robot. It's a combat robot that uh, the military uses in a, a urban space. 
So at this moment, I start to uh, ah sorry for for my English uh, to search documentation about, uh, for example, close combat units of the different police of the world. To see, ah, okay, this kind of shield, this kind of of colors, this kind of armors, you know, and trying to mix in uh, reality that brings um, that that makes the the design that you are doing more believable, and at the same time putting your your level of fantasy or or creativity to make the design as most original as possible. All right, that sounds great. And um, all right, in this section of the podcast, I want to talk about some of your works and, like, you know, general stuff, you know, um, which yeah. is kind of like, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a nice break every episode I do this for both me and the uh, artist as well. Yeah. First things first, I noticed something really interesting in your Instagram bio. Um, it says that. Uh, like I mean of course like most of us in this industry that you like coffee and drawing two of the main subjects of your yeah uh, <laughs> yeah of your um, Instagram bio and actually it reminded me that um, I've been recently trying to like cut out coffee as much as possible and stuff like that and I actually noticed like during the podcast you, you were drinking like a white monster energy <laughs> yeah I, I have one there yeah do you have a good experience uh, with coffee or it's story. it's part it's part about the the thing that I told you earlier that um, in this industry uh, almost every work that I that I made uh, almost in every project that I work uh, there is a crash time you know mm-hmm. video games is is completely nuts but even even in in board games and RPGs and things like that. Um, uh, we have all the time crashes and things like that. And uh, as most part of, of us are freelance, we are freelance workers because even if you work in a long-term project, you know that when this project is over, um, you will be you will be employed. So uh, so the pressure is so high all the time that it's really normal to work a lot of hours a day, really late at night, and things like that. And this is the reason, I think, why 99% of the artists, we are addicted to coffee, <laughs> you know, because uh, coffee, caffeine, or whatever. It's it's normal. It's You are in the middle of a crash uh, trying to, to accomplish all the deadlines and stupid expectations that an executive have. That you need to drag yourself <laughs> to to meet these expectations. So so yeah, you you found that you have I don't know 28, 30 years of age, and you have a, a, a really big addiction to to caffeine. So yeah, it's it's pretty normal. Yeah. All right, and um, what do you think about the new recent trend that's been going on lately about NFTs? And are you are you planning to drop an NFT soon? I don't have opinion in this moment, and I'm thinking about that because 
the first time that I hear about the NFTs, I thought, cool, it's the way that we as society found to bring the concept of an original to the digital art. Because, wow, um, for example, as I said, my father is a comic book artist and a painter. And he only worked in traditional media. He paint with acrylics, with oils, uh, draw with pencils, inks, and things like that. My father works the exact same hours that I work. But when he finish the work, he have an original that it's like an additional value to his work. He have uh, an item, an exclusive item that he can sell. Me, as a digital artist, I don't have it. But it's an original creation, it's mine, it's my work, but I don't have this. So the first time that I heard about the NFTs, I thought, wow, really cool. At the same time, I hear a lot of hate about the NFTs. Um, some artists uh, that made uh, NFTs suffer a lot of online hate. And I'm start to dig a little bit about this. And as everything related with cryptocurrency and things like that, the things are a little bit shady, you know? Uh, you said, okay, I'm only doing an art piece and I'm selling that. But at the same time, you have the argument that, yeah, but uh, you need a lot of energy and it's bad for the, for the environment to do this kind of stuff and all of that, etc. In this moment, at this moment, right now, I don't have uh, a real opinion about this. I'm like in the middle. It's like, seems cool, seems a little bit shady at the same time, and I'm not dig enough to have a strong opinion, but I can say it's probably that I will do some in the future if I found that it's not so problematic as as I th as I think right now that can be. So I don't know, but I, I I can't say yes I will do it, but I can say no I will don't do it. It's uh, fifty fifty. Interesting, yeah, and like it's it's a pretty interesting thing and. Um... If you want, I can I can tell you some short information if you're interested right now. Mm. We can talk about it yeah. a bit. Um, so here's the thing with NFTs, and for anyone who's listening as well and are wondering about it, um, in the shortest and basic most way possible, I could you know break this down is NFTs are the solution in the modern world that enables the fact that we can now sell original digital artwork. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We already know how to sell original physical artwork, you know, physical work. Exactly. You sell it. Yeah. Simple. And there are ways, and here's the thing, that there are like professionals who can duplicate even the f original physical ones, and there are professionals who can detect which are, you know, real or not, which one is the original. Yeah, exactly. There are, there are a lot of methods to see whether it's something original or not now. We have entered the digital realm, and actually NFTs have been around since 2012, like in more simpler uh, ways. But recently, as with Cyberpunk's uh, 
I think yes, Cyberpunk. No, no, cy- not Cyberpunk. They have uh, different names. Cyber something similar. The, oh, the, yeah. In 2017, they got really popular. Like you know, this, there are certain emotes, unique emotes, generated emotes that mm-hmm. you know, everyone could buy. But then, like in 2019, recently, like it's been getting a lot of news and people. For I mean, if you're an art digital artist and living under a rock, you probably don't know the name people. But if you don't know, just mm-hmm. search his name. He sold one of his artworks for 69 million dollars. Yeah. And um, all power to him. And here's the thing. NFTs, they are backed by the blockchain technology, but, you know, I don't want to get into so much terms, so I'm just going to break down everything as much as I can. Basically, blockchain, here's the thing. It makes it extremely viable and secure for to make singular, unique tokens. Yeah. All right? So, which means they cannot be duplicated. They cannot be stolen, like, you know. And... Um, and for and you can mint every token with the artwork file, artwork file, all right? Mm-hmm. And with that, when that happens, it means the artwork is unique and original. Now, no, 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 no. I know a lot of you will say, wait, Ramtin, how about what if someone takes a screenshot of it? <clears throat> I'm going to answer you right now. If you've ever seen a movie or a video of people in Louvre Museum in Paris with, you know, the Mona Lisa is stored there, you see a lot of people having their phone out trying to take a picture, all right? Hmm. The people who take the picture don't actually own the Mona Lisa. Yeah, exactly. You, you can have a replicate in your house, but, but you don't have the Mona Lisa. Exactly. You don't own it. Not yeah. even the replicate. We're talking about screenshots when it comes to digital work. For example, you take a picture of Mona Lisa, but you don't own the Mona Lisa, you know? Yeah. That's different. And, yeah. And, and here's the thing. For example, right now, actually a good example. Uh, I have like a artwork of someone I really like, one of the people in Kasholz, actually, episode 20. Ah, I forgot the episode, but that, that, that's not the point. She was a guest yeah. on this uh, podcast as well, and I love one of her artworks that I put it on my phone. Do I, does it mean that I own this artwork? No. Yeah, no, exactly. And here's the thing. Um, when uh, There's a lot of possibilities when you can ha- make uh, like a singular unique token. You can later, for example, every time someone uses that artwork anywhere, it will be recorded because it's uh, directed to a token, you know? And it, yeah. And it, when it comes to not just, you know, for example, uh, images and illustrations like videos, GIFs, if they're used somewhere else, you can make incremental money, the owner of that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. with Mona Lisa being in Louvre Museum, the museum is making a lot of money. Y- y- you see where the idea is going? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can create... Uh, like a singular item uh, in a medium that seems impossible at the beginning mm-hmm. that you can do that. Yeah, as I said, for me it's really interesting. And and the thing is that I hear a lot of things, a lot of bad things about that. I don't mean that I believe anything of that. Uh, because right now uh, we have a problem of communication, of, of, mm. of social communication, you know? And it's all the time the same. Uh, some Somewhere, somehow, a, a person do anything, and in other part of the planet, another person feels offended about it, about it and you have a war in Twitter, <laughs> you know? Uh, the thing that I, that I said is... Right now, I don't have enough information. Thank you. 
and by the way for for help me with with that uh, but i i had a lot of things like oh but it's really easy uh, to what's what's the term in english to wash cash it's it's correct to say to say that like like um uh make uh, shady money operations with cryptocurrency and things like that uh but with traditional arts uh happens too but i i have a friend i i will not say his name or whatever but i have a friend that lives very well doing uh paints for galleries that offers his service to companies and rich people to hide money you know in in the art world to uh, i have this amount of money for a shade operation and i bought uh, like three four five paints because it's easier to move one million dollars in painting in paints that in real money you understand me i i don't know if it's a, and and this is something that happens right now so yeah i can make an nft and a person use that for 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 whatever but but it's not my problem it's not the problem of the nft itself but as i said at the same time i i don't have all the information i i'm now trying to do something more like for example, I'm now trying to do prints of my work because I never do prints and I never do this kind of stuff. And I'm now focused on that. But probably in the future, I try to make a couple of these things, mm-hmm. try it, and then make my own opinion mm-hmm. about, okay, I like it or I not or whatever. But as I don't do it, so I don't have an opinion about that but but thank you for the for the information because it really helps me no problem it. and just one last thing i want to mention about nfts before we move on to the next part um do you know andrew price the blender guru youtube channel uh yeah uh, a little bit I, i'm not a big fan but mm. but, uh, but i hear about that hey, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome and uh <laughs> he made a video about <laughs> nfts how explaining like trying to present in a logical sense to his audience that um yes about like the whole taboo thing with nfts and the environmental impact of it and it got hmm. so many dislikes without any yeah. reason people didn't even listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There is a, a Russian concept artist, Oleg. I don't know. Oleg. Oleg. Uh, I don't remember the last name, but but it's a it's a really a really good one that makes a lot of concept art for a for a game that called the game uh, the game the project is Il. It's the name of the project, and it's a Russian concept artist. It's a crazy dude that makes things really disturbing. You know, it's he's really good, and he made a couple of NFTs. And uh, as you said, all all of his Twitter feeds are people calling him things like crazy. You know that you are a motherfucker. You are destroying the planet, and he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm only making a draw." Uh, as everything. It's possible that 99% of the people that are talking about this doesn't know 
mm. almost anything about that. Uh, for me, mm. it's really strange because you have an, an informed opinion. You told me, uh, you bring me data, okay? Mm -hmm. But most part of the time, the people only bring me his own opinion. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but, but what is the foundation of your opinion? And it's like, no, 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 no. NFTs are really good. Well, okay, why? Mm -hmm. No, because it's really good. <laughs> okay. The other person. NFTs are the are evil, are, are the worst of this world. Uh, and, and I said, oh, oh, wow, okay, why? No, because they are evil. Uh, it's really bad for the environment. But why? Why are really bad for the environment? No, because they are. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I must believe you. Uh, what is, you know? So, so yeah, it's a complex, it's a complex team. It's, it, and most important, it's something new. Yep. And, w and when something is new, uh, a lot of people, it's like, they are scared or or they feel uncomfortable with something that they don't understand okay mm -hmm. because i feel that and and this is something related with with the artistic career with um, with trying to have an artistic career uh, i i think that you need you must to feel comfortable being uncomfortable mm. uh, I had a lot of troubles drawing animals in the past. Mm. For me, draw a horse was like a nightmare because they are really complex, really difficult, and things like that. But for me, it was not a problem because, in fact, getting better at drawing horses was fun. I, I, I like to suck doing something because it means that I can become better. And and if something is new, it's fun or it's interesting to try to understand it, to study it, and you know all, all of this stuff. So, uh, if you have a really, really, really close mind uh, perspective, it's really difficult to become a good artist because. It's all the time the same. This is new. I don't like it. This is all. I don't like it too. I only like my present. And it's like, phew, mate, <laughs> please, this is really boring. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. And uh, actually, uh, one of the things about NFTs that I mentioned about environmental impact, um, like I, I can send you a data link after this podcast, but anyone can Google it. So, like, yeah. it's, it's not really a secret data or <laughs> by yeah. infographic, but... Like NFTs and Bitcoin, all to not just NFTs, Bitcoin as well and cryptocurrencies. You know, mm -hmm. when it comes to like the like the global environmental impact that it has, detrimental impact that it has on the planet, it's like um, point two. Like yeah. it's not even about one percent. Like 40, 50, 60 percent of the whole thing is with uh, factor farming of animals. Like if you care about like environment so much, I, I don't know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Go buy organic, or I don't know. Go vegan. I don't know. Like there's a yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, it's really picky, and yeah. and, and 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 for me, it's something that that comes from from as I said, from ignorance, because it's, it's as you said, it's like oh, it's really bad for the environment. I don't have the data, as I said, mm -hmm. 
you said that it's like a point oh, and and I believe you, but but I will search uh, this thing uh, later. But the thing is, okay, but if we if we uh, uh, want to start a conversation about uh, things that are dangerous for the environment, we have way too much things to talk before we start to talk about you know the cryptocurrency or whatever. I I have a conversation with a friend that that he opposes uh, the cryptocurrencies are um, NFTs for for this kind of stuff, and and I ask him like why is bad that I made an NFT or me or whatever who who wants it, but all of us we have this kind of stuffs are really bad for the environment and and for for the people in Africa hates this kind of stuff because half of Africa are colonized by United States <laughs> to to take all of the uh, the materials you know the coltan and and all of this stuff and it's like wow for me it's a little bit picky if you criticize something that it's not so impactful in your life and you are like the biggest warrior defending this but then all of the important stuff that uh, that can change your lifestyle you don't talk about it you know it's, a, it's as you said if you are so 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 concerned about the environment why why are you you not vegan why are you not trying to found a political party that whatever may changes in the laws or, or, or thing like that but no suddenly the problem is that an artist uh, made an nft it's a little bit silly for me yeah exactly and um, well i mean let's actually move on to a new question i mean we i think yeah, we okay. talked about <laughs> nfts for a while yeah. and um yeah, pretty controversial topic. Now, yeah. um, have you ever used your dreams as inspirations for your works? And do you have any particular yeah. dream you had, you have in your mind right now that you could tell us about? Yeah, I, the, I try to not use my dreams as an inspiration for uh, my professional works, as works for, for companies or whatever. And the reason is because my dreams are my subconscious ideas are are better than my pay grade so i don't want to waste this kind of ideas in the project of other person but i'm right now working in a project uh, in a big project that it's yeah that 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 uh, born in my in my dreams in fact, I I wake up one day with with a dream. Uh, I'm start to to recording everything, uh, writing in my in in uh, in a little notepad, and and yeah, that becomes a recurrent dream and and evolves in my mind and in my subconscious and and everything. And yeah, I'm 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 working in in this project right now. So, wh- what's a really interesting question? It's not. It's something that that never was 
question to me and yeah i like it it's 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 interesting yeah i i try to understand my subconscious as much as possible because i'm so much creative and interesting and intelligent in the part that i that it's not exactly me it's my subconscious that i try all the time to to see what it's there what it's inside of of me because it's much 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 interesting that what it's in the outside you know so so yeah yeah i'm this this is a story that that i really like that i really want to 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 tell others that that i want to wrote it and and draw it and, and illustrate it and and yeah was completely subconscious at least the beginning of of this of this one yeah yeah it's actually pretty interesting um because like the format of the podcast is in a way that there's of course there's some unique questions i ask specific to the artist that is on the show and there's yep. also a, some kind of boilerplate like kind of template questions that i ask everyone and yeah. i actually added this dream question last episode and i think it's a pretty interesting question to ask artists about dreams yeah 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 i i think so in, in fact for example um the biggest project one of the biggest projects that i work for was uh, the adaptation the board game of bloodborne the, the the video game of from software and bloodborne and dark souls was like one of my biggest inspirations and 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 whatever one of the art, artistic creations that that I like the most. And the thing is that I think the reason is because they are really uh, really dream-related. The, the narrative is very foggy, you know? It's like, yeah, like a nightmare, like, like, like a dream, something like all mythologies that don't have so much sense, but at the same time are really attractive and, and things like that. Uh, at the same time, uh, I really, really, really like uh, the Studio Ghibli movies. Uh, I realize that that all the things that I like are made by some, but some someone called Miyazaki because <laughs> you have Hidetaka from the Dark Souls and Hideo from from Ghibli. But yeah, it's it's the same. Uh, they, um, Chihiro, Totoro, and and all of the the movies of of Studio Ghibli are really dreamy, like something magical and things like that. And I found really interesting this kind of of narrative, this kind of artistic expression that it's like connected with um, with an inside of your thoughts and and your and your feelings and trying to to explain that in in a material level no so so yeah it's really interesting yeah i i think that it's really important for for us as an artist to to have good dreams and 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 connect with with this subconscious part of us of ourselves yeah exactly and i mean personally i drive a lot of inspirations from my dreams sometimes i mean mostly right now mm. i'm having nightmares so there's no much in yeah. but uh yeah dreams are really interesting especially especially i realize when uh sometimes a lot of times i don't sleep for two days 
And like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty common for me. (laughs) And it's been going on for years. And like, even recently, like two, three days ago, I couldn't sleep for two days and I slept for like 14, 16 hours. And I had, and I wanted, usually those type of stuff happens. I have like the most vivid, imaginative, like, you know, long, detail-oriented dreams. You know, sometimes they're nightmares, sometimes they're not. They're just normal dreams, but they're so like, it's like your brain has like extremely advanced graphic card. It's weird. Yeah, and and it's really interesting when you wake up thinking, what the fuck (laughs) just happens? Or more interesting, why I'm dreaming with that? Uh, Something that was some uh, really interesting for me is when when I th- when I dream with people, people that I actually know in real life, but they are not exactly uh, in the same way that that I dream with them. It's like this is other person in my dream have other face or whatever, but subconsciously I know that it's whatever. This person, this ex-girlfriend, this friend that I don't talk with him since a lot of times, or or my best friend that I talk with him last night, whatever. But a lot of times I thought, why? Why am dreaming this? Why am? Why I have this crazy history in in, in my head, <laughs> you know, in my subconscious with this person right now? And it's something. It it's something that makes you feel uh, special when when someone tells you that dream with you. Hey, I dreamed with you last night, and you feel like something special. And right now, I, I don't feel that it's so special. Sometimes feels really random, you know, <laughs> like okay, was me or <laughs> but but other times, yeah, was really special. Have uh, I have really special dreams? And sometimes I have really crazy dreams. So I think that are that are really interesting, but but I definitely doesn't try to understand it totally because it's like no, I I don't know. I I feel that it's like discover the magic trick. So it's better to appreciate it, to see it a lot, but not trying to dig so much that you found the trick. I don't know. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And um, who are your favorite yeah. artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Oh. Well, as I said, both Miyazaki's, uh, Hidetaka from from Software and, and Hideo from Studio Ghibli, was really, really inspiring for me. Um, Kentaro Miura, from uh, the, the author of Berserk, are really, 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 really inspiring for me. Mike Mignola, the creator of, of Hellboy, it's one of my favorites too. In fact, my my biggest inspirations are not people of my field. So I have a lot of concept artists that I like. I like a lot the work of Jason Chan or Karkopinski or whatever. But my biggest inspirations was always people from, from other fields, from music, from movies, from comic 
video games because I really like to see other people doing incredible stuff from another perspective, you know? Because when I see the Jason Chan work, for example, for League of Legends, it's amazing. But all the things that he do, I understand it. I understand everything that he does. I don't say that I'm at his technical level, uh, but but most part of the time is like, okay, I understand this process, this kind of of work. But when I hear a really cool song or when I see a, a really cool movie or whatever, it's more mystical for me because I don't understand everything that are happening there. So it helps me to find more ways to express myself. So it's really difficult give you a top three or top five of people that that I really like because I like a lot Velázquez or or Rembrandt as classical painters. I love uh, Friedrich or Rembrandt or whatever. Uh, Toulouse-Lautrec was one of my... Toulouse-Lautrec and Muja was two of my biggest inspirations. But my style don't have anything related with them. If you see my work and you see the work of Toulouse-Lautrec, you will say your inspiration. You are not close or or, or similar. But but was an inspiration for me because his process, his life, the way that he achieved the things that he wanted to bring to the paper was interesting for me and helps me to develop my skills. So sometimes I feel that when the people see a reference, try to to copy the style of of the reference, you know, and and for me, uh, when you draw something and when you paint something, you are codifying an idea in your style or in your way to express yourself. So it's better to not try a copying uh, the code of other person. But it's interesting trying to understand his process or the way that he found his own code, you know? Because this kind of stuff can help you a lot to found your own your own style or or whatever. So yeah, I have a lot of I, I, I take a lot of inspiration from music, for example. <laughs> and and for me helps me a lot for example with this project that i dream uh, i'm right now working in the project doing the hard part that it's working <laughs> you know um uh, i'm writing a lot uh, studying all of the writing all of the all of the script and whatever and for me was an immense insp- uh, uh, help uh, a record from Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar that it's an American rapper uh, it's a record that uh, it's uh, To Pimp a Butterfly it's a rap it's a rap album and it's amazing all all the work that it's put in this in, in this album was really inspiring uh, inspiring for me and helps me a lot 
to to put a structure to my own thoughts and my own ideas. So it's like I, I, I don't take any idea of Kendrick. He he talks about the the American society and living in the hood and things like that. So mine is a fantasy history. So there is no ideas of Kendrick in my own creation. But some parts of his mindset is in my uh, creation. So I prefer to talk inspiration in this kind of level that directly uh, from from people of my own field. Yeah, I totally understand uh, what you mean by that. And um, what is the main subject of your artworks and what made them interesting to you? And by artworks, I, I mean, of course, the things, the projects you do for yourself, not the ones you're commissioned. Yeah, um, as, as I do all the time, basically fantasy epic stuff, because it's or fantasy or sci-fi, uh, cyberpunk stuff all the time. Uh, but at the same time, I found boring to draw reality all the time. I like I like to express. I I want to express personal thoughts using a low-key fantasy setting to do it. So right now I'm the thing that I am doing is um, a fantasy history, uh, dark fantasy, really, really a, a little bit depressing, a little bit dark. Okay, but it's my way to talk about uh, problems in in our society, about the corruption of power and money and 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 some problems that for me are in this world right now that 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 I me you suffer every day so that's that's the reason because I found so interesting your dream question because I I I want to express these kind of thoughts as a dream. It's fantasy, it's foggy, but at the end of the day are your own thoughts, no? So so yeah, I'm I'm trying to to express personal thoughts and social thoughts and social problems that I think that as an artist I want to to express but using a, a soft fantasy setting that helps uh, to digest this a little bit and make this a little bit less pretentious because I'm not so sure that my own opinion deserves to be heard. So at least I will try to bring you cool designs, cool draws, <laughs> so you can have something to to appreciate or, or enjoy. All right. Um... What technologies and softwares do you mostly use for your works? Photoshop. I have a, a good PC, a really good PC. I I try to to bought a new one like every three or four years, and then I use right now an Intuos Pro. I I used in the past uh, a really good Cintiq, but my Cintiq died, 
and it's really expensive. So I'm trying to avoid a new one at least at the moment because I feel that right now my skills are good enough to to use whatever. I, I, I can bring the same quality using an Intuos or, or a Thintic. The Thintic is only a personal preference, but I don't have it one right now. And Photoshop, and I don't use anything. And, and in Photoshop, I don't use any fancy thing because my background, as I said earlier, is more a classical approach. I'm start drawing in paper. I'm I'm learned colors, painting canvas with oils. So my way to work in Photoshop is I'm open one layer for one element, and I'm doing everything there. <laughs> you know, I I, I don't use um, special layers or or things like that or effects or filters or whatever. So I'm use it in a very rudimentic way as, as, as a canvas, but with control C. So it's, it's easier, but yeah, I, I only use Photoshop and, and an Intuos and, and that's all. And any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for artists? Yeah. Try to understand, uh, first off, if you are trying to make a portfolio for um, to, to to achieve a job, a job, uh, try to understand where are you applying. You know it. So, if you want to try it in Games Workshop because you really like Warhammer 40k and you want to do something for this for this company. Uh, the portfolio that you need to have it's different if you want to work for example for League of Legends and you can say it's epic fantasy really big armors or uh, even even closer uh, Warhammer and Warcraft two fantasy settings uh, two big companies uh, with orcs and humans and things like that but the style of Games Workshop is really grim, really dark, really the, the strokes of the brushes are really violent sometimes because they, they want this kind of rough style. And World of Warcraft are all of the time really saturated palettes of colors, uh, all really rendered and things like that. So it's important to understand why are you doing your portfolio. It's a general portfolio. Okay, if, if it's a general portfolio and it's your attestation, upload whatever you want. But if you are trying to do a portfolio f uh, because you want to be hired in, in, in some place, understand the place, study the, the aesthetic style of, of, of the place or the project that you want to achieve. <laughs> And try to be precise and and not overdo uh, all the time the things. A portfolio with a hundred images is boring, even if they are, even if if Sparth brings a, a one hundred images portfolio, Sparth will not be hired, and it's what of the best environment artists of the world. But if your work is good enough with 
five to 15 images, it's enough. You don't need to show 10,000 images or whatever. Because the people that will hire you have uh, skills enough and, and his eye trained to detect if you are uh, the proper person. So if you have a small portfolio, a small portfolio, it's easier to remember than a really big one. If I only bring you five to 10 really good images, it's easier to you to remember one of them that if I overwhelm you with a lot and a lot of work. And for me, uh, I I always found when I um, when I see portfolios of students or, or people that apply in a job that I'm the artistic director, for me, all the time that I see a really big portfolio, a really inflated one, uh, I feel that this person is a little bit... Um, what what's the name? When you don't have confidence enough, you know that you are underconfident. You you don't have enough enough uh, confidence in your own work, so you need to mask all of your errors with a lot of stuff. So so yeah, these two things. Try to understand why are you doing your portfolio why 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 are you doing robots or or warriors or kittens whatever why i'm making this ah, is because this company likes this kind of stuff and then try to be try to to push quality over quantity all the time and if you doesn't feel ready don't worry uh, still training still practicing and building your skills uh, to reach a point that with five to ten images, you feel confidence enough to show your work. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty overall the, anything anyone needs to take yeah. into consideration when it comes to their portfolios. And um, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm working uh, in several projects right now. Uh, I'm working with Asmodee, that it's a really big uh, board game and RPG company. I, I think that it's the biggest in Europe, but but I'm not I'm not sure. And I'm working in a couple of RPGs that I have really big uh, confidential uh, agreement, but but. They are a couple of RPGs and working with the people of Capital 7 that are the people that makes the official Warhammer 40k RPG. And then I have a lot of small clients that I really like to work with uh, from the collectibles and miniature world that are uh, really, really, really cool projects. Uh, they are small, but at the same time, my life is better working for this kind of people. Uh, but yeah, for for the big industry, I'm working with, with these two companies that are really big companies of board games and, and RPGs. And then, as I said, I'm doing 
I, I, I spend a lot of time right now trying to do my own stuff because I want to to publish uh, this artistic book because it's a, a, a collection of images and, and, and um, little histories um, for the next year or, or so, yeah. Awesome. Speaking of uh, RPGs, you said you were work- working on some of them, which you, of course you said you can't mention. Um, uh, have you heard about the League of Legends, like, I mean, Riot's upcoming MMORPG project? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard. Uh, for me, the most interesting one is not the MMO. It's the the action RPG that they are doing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Uh, the Diablo, the Diablo-like one, you know. And, and yeah, for me, from as as this is an artistic podcast, uh, for everyone that are listening that doesn't know this, I really recommend everyone to go to sixmorevodka.com that it's the the web of Six More Vodka Studio, that it's the um, the studio of Marco Darjevic, that it's an amazing concept artist. And his team is, it's it's nuts. It's it's absurd. Uh, they are the people that made all the illustration for the card game of League of Legends. Uh, Rune, Legends of Runeterra. Runeterra. Yeah. yeah. And you have in his web all of the work that they made for the project. And it's amazing, completely amazing. The the quality of the illustration is, for me, they raise the bar of the industry with this with this project. So yeah, I I play League of Legends in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't do it right now because it's a drug, much worse than caffeine or cocaine or whatever. It's it's like, wow, the the toxicity in my life are. <laughs> really low since I don't play League of Legends, uh, but I'm. But they interest me a lot as a as a creative uh, company because because it's interesting the things that they are doing. I feel like right now, Riot Games, it's like Blizzard in the past. Mm-hmm. Blizzard right now it's like garbage because yeah. Activision and Bobby Kotick and all of this um, stuff, but. Right now, I feel like Riot Games is start to to positioning himself as the new old Blizzard, the Blizzard that made Diablo, that made the StarCraft, that made the first Warcraft. I feel that they are trying to do something similar, and I want them to succeed because I want this kind of companies in our industry too. Honestly, they, all their products are just great. I like. Uh... I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of their games are not the most original gameplay ideas, but the thing is, they improved it. Like you know, they improved an invention, like something, and that's yeah. important. Like all their products are great. I love them, and I mean, yes, yeah, same as you. I don't play League of Legends anymore. I actually started yeah. this past summer. I used to be a Dota guy. I played Dota for four thousand hours, but then left it for League. Um, I'm just gonna be honest. Both, uh, objectively speaking, both aren't bad game, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, go play chess. You know, you don't go towards. I I said play Warhammer. Warhammer is really yeah, cool, Warhammer. really fun. Uh, you can uh, spend a lot of time in an artistic part of the hobby that it's painting all the miniatures and building your own yeah. guys and things like that. And you can build healthy relationships with the people because you have your opponent in front of you, so you 
uh, must to be polite and and and, and being <laughs> a decent human being because <laughs> League of Legends is absurd. Um, uh, I, I will make you this question: Was your role in League of Legends? Oh, I was the player. I mean, I'm glad you asked because I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, my main, yeah. like, uh, my main three heroes that I that I could you know really claim that I'm extremely good at. Um, top lane is two heroes: Nasus and Teemo. And the bot lane is oh, you hate me? I know. I saw the expression. No, 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 no. It's it's the both things because. I'm a I'm I was I'm I'm not I was a diamond Nasus. Oh. I am a, I, I was a one trick pony Nasus. I play a little bit with other things like Set, Cleth, and yeah. things like that. But but I'm I I was a one trick uh, Nasus. But I hate Timo so much. I hate so much the Timo. As you can see, I. I only talk about League of Legends is toxic, you know, because I was I was feeling a really good energy between between you and me. But but right now I know that you are a Timo player and, and I don't like you so much right now. You know, I mean, understandable. I get. I just kidding. I understand that. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like um, one of the bad things about like League of Legends is that uh, like. Like, because here's the thing, I played both Dota and League of Legends for a long time, so I can objectively speak on my side, you know, so I know, like, in terms of MOBAs, that one of the biggest problems with League of Legends is balancing top lane, and, um... Yeah. Ranged top laners are just broken. Each yeah. This is, like, for example, yeah. uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, for example, in, Do in Dota, it's different, like, we have off lane and safe lane, and here's the thing, in League, you have two tanky people in the same lane. Yeah. But Dota, you have a tank, tank, your tank goes in front of a support and the ADC of the enemy, and it's reverse. Yeah. And that's how, how it actually should be. But I mean, all right, it's fine. Like, tank versus tank seems fine. But it's so unbalanced. Uh, for example, a vein top in front of you, if you're Nasus, you're done. Yeah, but for example, I I climbed to Diamond mm -hmm. uh, because I was really hard stuck in low platinum, mm -hmm. like high gold, low platinum uh, for three seasons. Okay, because I only want to play with Nasus because it's the thing that I yeah. like. I like to creep Stacks. for forty five minutes and then win the <laughs> and then win win the match. And every time that I found a queen. Uh, Bane, top lane, Timo, all of this range bullshit. <laughs> the the game is over for yep. me. And and then I'm start to study the game to think about what what can I do to to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And I must start to make something that it's bullshit with Nasus, but it's perfect. Mm. I I don't know the, the real state of the game right now because I don't play it mm -hmm. like one and a half years ago, but the last season that I played, I, I reached uh, Diamond doing... Uh, next thing, I, I took the mastery of Scorch Earth, mm -hmm. that is uh, that when I take you make a, yeah. a, a little bit of additional magic damage uh, mana flow band magic I must start yeah I must start with a Doran ring mm -hmm. and I max the the E of Nasus mm -hmm. the um, yeah I tell. saw it actually so, yeah. yeah so so I become an, a, a caster mm -hmm. I will creep all the time 
I will do the same, but my first 10 minutes of match, mm. I'm a mage. Mm. What is the problem? For Queen, Timo, or, or this range uh, characters you are really squishy mm. so I uh, throw you my 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 E I destroy like a quarter of your health only with one skill because you are not prepared to deal with this kind of damage and when I made this two or three times and by the way the range of the skill it's like the it's like this yeah. it's half of the lane so you can dodge the first tick of damage that is the big one mm. so the thing is I can claim with my off tank character doing major stuff mm. the game is broken uh, the, uh, for me, it's it's it, it's not it's not good that I must to play as a mage for win as a tank, a, a, yeah. a melee tank. You know, was 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 strange. But yeah, I I, I found really easy to do that because yeah. the the diamond the high diamond queens, for example, are much 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 harder to deal with. Yeah. But the 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 the, the average platinum player that uh, picks the that that takes the the op pick and and that's it what's really easy to to deal with uh, with my magic nasus mm. <laughs> and actually like uh, two things about nasus i used to always do like one of the most broken things i just best things about league of legends is this what i'm gonna tell you critical assassin nasus build oh my god i just love that yeah and, and it was really fun yeah oh my god it's yeah. just oh i don't want to think about it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and another strategy yeah. i don't know if you know this like as a nasus man um after this we're gonna move on to the next question um but yeah is, <laughs> but the thing is that with nasus there's a strategy i knew that no one else did or does in league of legends but i know it's from dota because that's what i used to do in dota here's mm -hmm. the thing, here, here's the thing uh when like the one of the lanes are pushed enough that you can go for the towers near the you know nexus yep i just rush in and put a ward and just basically dive suicide like i just i die in the end i mm -hmm. rush i put a ward and that's it and when i get back i get this elixir potion of like damage and whenever mm -hmm. when all the enemy team is pushing i just teleport and just end the game with and of course, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I win a lot of matches mm -hmm. only because I have enough damage yeah. to destroy a tower with two or three Qs, mm -hmm. and doing something like that, like a crazy teleport, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I, I will bet. I, I will bet that I can destroy your Nexus uh, before you complete your bug, <laughs> you know? So, let's try it. And most part of the time, if you are enough farmed, you can do it. So, yeah. I love I love the dog. I, I really love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, all right, next question. What area besides the area you're working on right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future? Um, imagine if you had... What I mean by that, imagine if you had a lot of extra free time and, like, resources which you can, you know, go do something Well, else. I'm... Yeah, I'm 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 doing it. I'm doing that. I'm I'm forcing myself to take a lot of time of my of my day to train uh, because I found that we the artists uh, have a really bad relation with our bodies and 
as we said, we drink a lot of coffee. We stay stand. Uh, we are sitting all day and things like that. So, like five, six years ago, I'm start to training only for health purposes. But then uh, I found that sport, the sport as 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 an ethereal concept, was not enough for me. I I don't enjoy training like running or or lifting weights or whatever so i'm trying to find sport that that i enjoy and i try a lot of things crossfit and and things like that but then i found kickboxing muay thai or or boxing but but my my favorite was muay thai and and I really enjoyed. I, I found a lot a lot of good knowledge about myself in in this discipline, and it's really 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 fun to fight with someone that wants to fight you too, but without bad intentions, only for the sports. So I really like it, and I'm really trying to to improve in this area a lot. Right now. I can't uh, train it properly because all of the restrictions and and the close combat sports are not are not allowed. Uh, but I take all days uh, a couple hours to go running to improve my car- my cardio to make my push-ups, my my squats, all of the things to to make me stronger and and better in the sport. And I and I, I was. Uh, building a little a little gym in my home with uh, with a heavy bag, uh, an area to make shadow boxing to 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 try to improve. So so yeah, I I, I found that martial arts, uh, the martial arts uh, with real application, uh, combat sports better than, than martial arts. Combat sports are something that I never thought about it, but but I really enjoy it. And and yeah, I'm I'm trying to become better in that. Yeah, awesome. And well, um, with everything that's been said and done in this episode, to conclude our discussion, to give us a roadmap for someone who is zero in visual arts and wants to get to the place you are in terms of skill sets, like uh, best courses, books, anything that could come to your mind. Basically, give us a step by step roadmap for someone who is zero and wants to get to the place. Uh, I I think that. Well, it's, it's, for me, it's a little bit difficult to answer this because I want to be an artist since I have, since, since, since I was a kid. I, I always have the vision to be an artist. So I understand that was easier for me, you know, because I have this kind of motivation. Uh, but basically, I thought that the... The first, the first step is: Are you enjoying this as a hobby or as a profession? Because it's not the same. For example, as I said, I love Muay Thai. I train my Muay Thai four days a week, uh, and I train every day side training to become better. But I don't want to go in a professional ring. Because I don't have passion enough for Muay Thai, uh, 
to have stitches all of my face and and to have a real fight, you know. But I have friends, a couple of friends that are professional fighters because they have the because they love Muay Thai not as a hobby, if not as as a profession. So this is the same. First off, try to to talk about yourself with yourself, sorry, about your goals. You want to be an artist or you want to do artistic things? Because maybe, maybe, just maybe, you will be happier with another kind of work and drawing and painting in your spare time. Because when you are a professional artist, a lot of time you will you will do things that are not uh, your preferred things. Your you, I, I need to do. I don't enjoy to do my three thousand arc. You know, every time that I need to do one. But the thing is, the thing is, for me, draw anything. It's better to do whatever, anything, any other work in the world. I prefer to draw a, sh a dog shit that, that whatever. So I really like this job because the activity itself of paint and draw and design is something that that I really like, that I really enjoy, that, that are part of myself. So this is the first step. You enjoy this or this is part of this is part of yourself and if if it's something that you want really to pursue and you really want to be better and and trying to to make a living about the uh, with with the art uh, every book every movie every conversation every life experience that uh, that uh, that makes you richer as a person will be positive for you you know because try uh, i i think that the, the 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 best thing that i can say is try to learn about everything that you that you live uh, if if your girlfriend or your boyfriend uh cheats on you and destroy your heart at least you have an experience to express in the future when you are healed you, you know or or you try to you can try to heal um tell uh, express your expressing yourself uh with the art about this this thing so so yeah the the path is the same path for 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 everything study a lot training a lot uh found good courses found good tutorials you have right now in internet in, in Gumroad, you have every tutorial possible of the best of the industry, uh, really affordable. Um, you have a lot of books, you have a lot of whatever. But then you, as a as a person, try to improve all the time, uh, enjoy the process of of improve yourself, enjoying, as I said earlier, enjoying being bad at something because that means that you can develop new skills and learn something new and and yeah try to have the final goal 
clear in your mind, like I want to be a really good artist. But uh, try to achieve little milestones at once. Like, okay, I, I, I want to be the, the, the best concept artist in the world, but don't, don't think about Riot Games in your first year of training. You know, because it's probably that you never reach that point because you need lucky, you need a lot of things. So if you have this vision in your mind that I want to be a really big artist or, or something like that, it's, it's really good if this is something that you really want, but then trying to improve little by little, but trying to to improve every day, a little bit. Every day a little bit is much, 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 much better than trying to do something really big in one year or something like that. Like I will study a lot. I will work uh, all days. I will uh, make all of the sacrifice in the world. No. Be humble, be disciplined, and work every day in your craft. Build a little bit your skills, build a little bit your confidence, your knowledge, and every day try to improve a little bit. Throw better than the last time, but just a little bit. Push yourself, but push, push yourself enough to never burnt out or or feel that you don't have energy. I think that this is the the best thing that I can say. Awesome. And well, we've come we've reached the end of the episode. Uh where can thanks so much for coming by by the way. Where can people contact Thank you, you for if having they me. had a question? Uh, sorry? Uh, where can people contact you if they had a question? Is your Instagram? Oh yeah, 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 of course, of course. Uh, in in my Instagram, uh, whatever that 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 wants to to contact me, my my Instagram, I have my DMs open. Uh, the only thing is that in the past like one year or so as uh, before that after after doing the Bloodborne project, my Instagram explodes and sometimes I have like a lot of DMs and sometimes I lose record of, yeah. of, of my DMs but uh, but especially if you are an upcoming artist I always try to, to help people and and yeah. and I have no problem at all to to see a portfolio or whatever or recommend you anything so yeah try to in, in my instagram because because i always try to to read all the comments and all of the dms awesome well uh, we've reached the end of this episode thanks for everyone who's tuned in and listening or watched on youtube um, and well that's it take care everyone have a good day bye bye